All right, guys, welcome back into another NFL DFS video. My name is Eric Paul Zine with 9 to 5 Sports. Going to be getting into the top value plays here for week six, and I will say this is more of a straightforward week, which I appreciate. I already came out with the core plays video. Some of those players that we touched on in that core plays video will be good value plays as well, like I mentioned in that video. So if you haven't, make sure to check that out. But let's get into the value plays for this week. All right, so starting off with quarterback Geno Smith. I'm just trying to look at quarterbacks that are below 6K. I will say Kirk Cousins is priced at 6K. I think he'd be a great uh, price point play for you guys as well. I think he could easily 3X, okay? More of a sleeper play, I guess. Uh, but Geno Smith at 5.7, I think is a great value play that is based you know, under 6K. He gets a matchup with the Arizona Cardinals as can be a top 10 matchup this week. The Arizona Cardinals are averaging over 20 DK points per game given up to opposing quarterbacks. Geno Smith has been very solid, you know, in a majority of the games thus far. We talked about that San Francisco 49ers game that was coming off of that high against the Denver Broncos where he was able to put up 17 DK points. So if we just take out that Niners game, which is a defense that we have figured out is a defense that is pretty elite. Okay. So in good or even matchups, he's went for 22, 34, and 24 DK points. Now he gets a matchup that is going to be, let's just say, his second easiest matchup of the year thus far. I would say the Detroit Lions and then the Arizona Cardinals. Like He should be able to go off. The issue with Geno Smith is, one, he's just not throwing the ball enough. He was able to score 24 DK points last week while throwing the ball 25 times, and he only ran the ball three times. Okay, That efficiency is not going to continue. You look at what Jared Goff has done, it wasn't surprising that finally last week he had a bad week Okay, because that efficiency where you're getting these high DK point totals on not that many passing attempts, it's tough to maintain that. The difference between those two is that Geno Smith is throwing to Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, okay? And with Rashad Penny out, that might even lead to a couple more passing attempts in the passing game with, you know, them relying on a rookie running back now. All right, and then I think we just have to mention P.J. Walker, uh, Carolina Panthers, QB1 with Baker Mayfield out and Sam Darnold still out. You know, he is priced at 4.9, okay? That's going to be a very cheap price point. So to be able to 3x, it doesn't take that much. It takes maybe a touchdown and maybe he can get a rushing touchdown. Okay, he came in and filled in for Baker. Looked way better than Baker has done the whole season, okay, which is not saying much, okay, and it was a very small sample size. This week, he gets a matchup with the LA Rams, a matchup that has been middle of the road, okay? Quarterbacks are averaging about 17 DK points per game, which, you know, not that great, but if PJ Walker was able to get to that DK point total, that'd be fine. We have seen him hold value before because he does have some rushing upside. And I just think that this Panthers offense and defense with their quarterback just fired, I think that they are going to be fired up to play well. You know, teams and players do not like to see their head coach get fired up. I think that will be used as some sort of inspiration for them, uh, both offensively and just as a team. So PJ Walker at 4.9 is someone you can look at, especially if you are trying to find some value. Let's say you really want to get the stud receiver plays in there like Diggs, Cup and Justin Jefferson, then yeah, playing a quarterback like PJ Walker would then make sense. All right, and now we are going to get into the running back value plays. So Kenneth Walker is an interesting play, I think. Uh, Kenneth Walker has been averaging 0.23 DK points per snap, okay, which is kind of a weird stat out there but with Rashad Penny out we can see that Kenneth Walker will probably get around 35 to 40 snaps in this one which is what Rashad Penny was getting so just by doing that he should be able to get to around 10 DK points maybe gets a couple of targets in this one a couple of receptions in this one that boosts his floor now he is not a lock and load okay this defense the Arizona Cardinals have been pretty good against the run for the most part um giving up around 20 DK points 
per game, which is pretty solid. It's it's about a little bit above the point in which you would want to avoid a matchup. Okay. So the thing that I like about Kenneth Walker is that in week one, you saw him kind of make some mental mistakes and it did seem like he was playing a little bit slower because of that. Last week he came out and looked fast. He was making quick breaks, quick cuts, looked a lot better. Okay. The touchdown play was a touchdown run that anyone could have scored on any NFL running back should have been able to score on, but he was able to score it. He didn't mess it up. So that's encouraging at 5.4. I do think he's priced up a little bit too much to be a lock and low play, but obviously just as price point, given the workload that he's going to get, he is still pretty cheap. A value running back play that I gave you guys last week was Raheem Mostert and he came through. So the last two weeks now he's seen over 75% of the snaps and he's looked good doing it. You know, I, I, I said he was due for a touchdown you know, probably last week. And we saw that come through. He actually almost had two touchdowns. It was ruled out on the one and then they didn't give him the ball, but he did have a hundred rushing yards. And that was against the Jets defense. That hasn't been terrible. Now we get some matchup with the Minnesota Vikings, which is a top 10 matchup on the slate. It's a top five matchup. Raheem Mostert is someone that is going to be firmly in play at 5.7. He's not someone that you're going crazy with, but if you're trying to find some value, you're stuck at that price point, he'd be someone that would be able to plug and play with some high confidence, maybe gets a couple more receptions in the passing game as well. And then Eno Benjamin, I do just want to call out as well. Eno Benjamin has been seeing an opportunity in 0.36% of his snaps, which is pretty high. So if we give him a couple more snaps or a lot more snaps with James Conner potentially out, uh, Eno Benjamin would be someone that I'm looking at. You know, he was able to score touchdowns last week which really elevated his dk points to 14.3 you take that out it's still an okay day and i think just given the amount of snaps that he's projected to get given the matchup with the seattle seahawks which is a top three matchup on the slate that's something i'm going to be going out of my way to play you know benjamin does make a lot of sense at 4.6 as james connor's out it's gonna be tough for me to avoid him as a play especially because he has been getting used in that passing game he should be able to get around three to four dk points just in the passing game which will raise his floor just at that he should be able to get to two x and maybe possibly be able to 3x, 4x if he scores a touchdown. So my biggest issue kind of with this slate is that we get a ton of quality, uh, like 2x, 3x receiver plays on this slate. And I'll start off with Jacoby Myers, who I said was a core play. Uh, he's going to be playing around 80 to 90 percent of the snaps okay he's seen six 13 and eight targets okay he's a target hog he should have a nice safe floor can he have that ceiling game like he's had kind of the last two weeks i don't know but at this price point it is highly intriguing uh the only issue is that i think the patriots will really try to do what they did last week which is ground and pound and then you know get some short passes which would be good for jacoby myers don't get me wrong but the strength of this offense and the weakness of the cleveland browns defense is that run game so i expect the Patriots to run a lot and I expect the Browns to not be able to stop him via the run game but Jacoby Myers at 5.3 is certainly a value play that I'm looking at this week I do think Romeo Dobbs who's been playing you know around 88 percent of the snaps the last three weeks I think it's gonna be a solid play especially if Christian Watson who had a hamstring injury is ruled out in this game that should only guarantee that playing time and maybe gets a couple more manufactured targets his way that was really the only difference between last week and the previous weeks is that he didn't have any like manufactured plays really come his way okay he still looked good he still had the same kind of usage other than that I'm not too worried about it he gets a better matchup with the New York Jets you don't have to worry about the London trip as well uh kind of just a weird fluky game, honestly, where the Giants were able to control the time of possession a lot in the second half, and the Packers offense just wasn't out there too much in the second half. I do expect Dobbs to have a much better game, and at 4.8, he is firmly in play. He's definitely a great sleeper value play as well. I do just want to call out Alec Pierce. He's not someone I'm chasing, okay? He's going against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which has been a much more difficult matchup than I think anyone would have expected. The thing with Alec Pierce is he's seen his snaps go up each and every week, but he only saw 59% of the snaps of the last week. He is still able to get nine targets so that's the thing it's like i think 
if his snap count increases to about 70%, that should mean that he's getting around six to you know 10 targets in that game. It's not guaranteed. Okay, we need those targets. I wish we knew the playing time for sure, but you know, just watching that game and then watching it back, it does seem like he is going to be locked into getting more snaps, especially for Paris Campbell, who's been getting about 85% of the snaps. You know, I would think that they would just kind of figure a way to get Alec Pierce on the field a little bit more. So thus, you know, at 4.3, he would be a much better um, value play price point wise. And then my favorite kind of value play that's above 4k is going to be Rondell Moore guys at 4.2. Rondell Moore does get a difficult matchup, I guess, going against the Seattle Seahawks, which have been a much better pass defense than I think, you know, I imagine a lot of people would have imagined. <laughs> I remember week one, we thought that'd be a great matchup to use Russell Wilson on. And it turns out the Seahawks defense has just been better than expected. But Rondell Moore is playing so many snaps, 86% of the snaps in his first week back in week four, and then over 90% of the snaps last week. And he was able to see eight targets and he looked good. Okay. He looked much better than he did in week four. Uh, a couple of big plays too. And the thing about this offense is they're trying to get the ball quickly to both him and Marquise Brown. And I kind of like the offensive flow last week. Now they weren't able to win, but he looked good. And at 4.2, if we can get a guy that's playing 90% of the snaps and going to see around six to eight targets, that's highly appealing. You look at what Rondell Moore did last week and then what Greg Dorch had done in the previous weeks, that role is averaging over 10 DK points per game. And there was only one game in which there was a dud when Dorch played about 30% of the snaps and only 86% of the snaps for Rondell Moore. Okay, so a highly appealing position there. It's in a position in offense that obviously likes to pass the ball a ton. So, yes, I do like Rondell Moore again this week. And then I feel like we just have to touch on the New York Giants receivers. So we got to wait and see. Is Tooney going to play? Is Galladay going to play? Is Robinson going to play? If they don't, that could open up some value. Slayton actually saw seven targets, but he only played in about 59% of the snaps. You got Marcus Johnson, who actually played in 77% of the snaps and saw three targets for 35 yards. You know, there could be some value there especially in that matchup with the Baltimore Ravens. It's not something that you want to chase, but I could see Marcus Johnson being someone that you target. If you're trying to find a bottom of the barrel, minimum price play, he's a play that would make sense in that scenario. And I've been calling out Shai Smith a bunch just because he's been playing a lot, over 70% of the snaps in most of the games that he's played in, okay? Last week, same thing. And he was finally able to see five targets, get four receptions, and score 10 DK points. Maybe with some improved quarterback play or an improved offensive flow, he could be someone that you're looking at as well. But I don't think the playing time is going to be locked in. We'll have to see. But he has been impressive. It's been frustrating because you see number 12 for Shia Smith, and you think that's DJ Moore because they are similar players. And obviously, DJ Moore used to wear number 12. He's looked good. And it wouldn't shock me to see him get to around 10 DK points once again this week. And then Khalil Shakur looked good last week. He only saw five targets, but was able to score a touchdown, 16.5 DK points. This matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be one in which you are going to want to be targeting. Now, with Isaiah McKenzie potentially out and Jamison Crowder already ruled out, we have to wait and see on that news. We also have to wait and see on the news if Jake Kumaro is going to be out. You know, it was kind of the perfect storm for uh, Shakur to be a good, strong value play last week because of all those guys being out. We have to wait and see on that news if they're going to be out once again. But if they are, he's going to be an elite value play at 7.3, especially because he saw over 70% of the snaps last week. And, you know, in this offense, if you are playing 70% of the snaps in a great matchup, that's highly appealing to me. So 7.3 is a strong price point play for him if he's going to begin that playing time once again. And then I do just want to call out DPJ, who, you know, three out of the five weeks, been all right, especially given the price point here. So in week one, 11 targets. 
And then the last two weeks, nine and seven targets against Pittsburgh, where you you would think he would have a better week. He only saw three targets. Okay. Kind of strange usage, but the fact of the matter is he's playing about 85% of the snaps. Okay. And if he's going to continue to get those snaps, which I don't see why that would change, he's going to be an appealing value play. Not someone I'm going crazy with. Okay. Not someone I'm really going out of my way to play given the matchup with the New England Patriots who, you know, they're strong uh, defensively. Okay. But it wouldn't be shocking to see DPJ get to like around 12 DK points on like seven targets. And then from there, like, Tight end wise for value, I think Hunter Henry would firmly be in play if John U. Smith is going to be ruled out again this week. He actually came in and saw the most snaps of any tight end last week. And that was after playing a bunch of limited snaps. I think that comes down to two reasons. One, the weakness in the Detroit Lions was in the running game. You want to have a tight end in there blocking on those plays, okay? And then also just because John U. Smith was out. Now you get him. It is a tough matchup, but you get him at 3.1. That is going to be a strong price point as well. It's going to be the same game script. Okay, try to establish the run, get a lot of rushing attempts. And so I think Hunter Henry is going to firmly be in play if John o. Smith is ruled out because the usage is going to be high and he should get a bunch of targets once again. And then Cade Otten would be a player I love if Cameron Brait is ruled out. This is kind of one of those weird situations where DFS-wise are kind of rooting for the injury, which I don't want to say injury, but, you know, rest up. Get healthy, Cameron Brait. One more week for us, please. Because Cade Otten came in and played a bunch of snaps, over 90% of the snaps last last week and then he saw seven targets and was able to score 10.3 DK points at 2.9 he'd simply be too cheap as well especially given the matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers which is the matchup that you do want to be targeting and then Daniel Bellinger is my least favorite of the value plays I'm calling out at the tight end spot at 3.2 he's finally priced up enough to the point where you don't have to feel like you need to play him but he is playing a decent amount of snaps 74 percent of the snaps last week he was able to get a rushing touchdown we know it's a little bit fluky and the passing offense just isn't passing the ball enough for it to sustain really more than two players in the passing game, maybe even one. But at 3.2, you could make an argument that Bellinger is going to be in play. He has looked better each and every week thus far on a very limited workload. And for me, I do think the Carolina Panthers defense is going to be the value defense that I'm going out of my way to play. Given the matchup with the other Rams, they haven't been a great offense thus far this season. Um, it's been okay, but I don't see the Panthers going negative. Okay. And with them getting their coach fired, I think they're going to be a little bit more motivated to go out and play well. And they haven't went negative thus far this season. That's really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find the lowest price defense. That's not going to go negative. I think that's going to be the Carolina Panthers on this slate, but that's all I have for you guys for this video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please give me a like subscribe. That helps out the channel a lot, which thus helps me be able to help you guys out. If you guys want to join nine to five and become a nine to five member, it is $10 a month. That includes the DraftKings lineup optimizer. Um, you know, just for $10 a month to get a, you know, lineup optimizer of that caliber is a, it's a pretty nice deal in itself. Including that is all the golf data as well. It's a huge database that's available for you guys, curated data for each week's tournament. And we also do have the DraftKings cheat sheet available for you guys as well. That's all I have for you guys for this week. If you enjoyed it, please give me a like and subscribe. And as always, guys, let's keep cashing.